Season's greetings, salutations, and let the scary stories begin. great wide nowhere 2022 is coming to an end but we certainly are not and though we are off of our schedule with recording while you listeners have no idea we are not recording our usual zones and times because covid came and greeted me and abby so recordings were a little bit delayed until i felt better and megan was gracious with that so it's been a while since we really talked to each other but how are you doing megan i'm doing well how are you I'm good. I'm a little, I might sound a little nasally this episode, but I'm doing good. I've bounced back. Thankfully, it was really mild. I know it's not the case for many people, but I was grateful it was for me. And it gave me some time to properly procrastinate researching. (laughs) Properly procrastinate what? Researching. Oh, good. So, yeah. No, it was, it's been a good week. Today was a really good day. So, I feel pumped to record this and I mean I like like always I know nothing of your topic except that this week you once again thankfully told Abby so we can make sure we weren't doing the same topic because last week we were very close to doing that right and she said I would love your topic yeah yeah she told me that you would (laughs) And ever since then, I've been, like, on pins and needles because I'm just wondering what it could be. Because I try to get out of her once again. So I was like, is it this? And she's like, no, it's not that. But, I mean, she could probably tell me no, even if it was the case. But Ah, gotcha. I need, Megan, please put me out of my misery and put me into my fears. What (laughs) What is your story this week? Well, I'm not going to tell you right away. Ugh, okay. I'm <laughs> I'm going to do my <laughs> usual and try to have you sort of guess, but I think you'll get it pretty quickly. Okay. So should we jump right into it? I'm very excited. Yes. Okay. All right. It's 1675 in Plymouth Colony, now known as southeastern, the southeastern part of Massachusetts. Hey. <laughs> the chief of the Wampanoag tribe. Metacomet has grown tired of the treatment towards his tribe from the local colonist. Little by little, the English are pushing the natives further off their land in an attempt in an attempt to expand. Eventually, a war between the English and the Wampanoag breaks out and lasts until 1678. During this time, about 500 colonists and approximately 3,000 Native Americans died. Aye. Metacomet was brutally killed and his head was placed on a pike in Fort Plymouth. They kept his head there for 20 years. The remaining Native Americans, including his wife and child, were sold into slavery by the hands of the English settlers. Multiple sources call this war one of the bloodiest per capita in US, on U.S. soil. Some say the land was always cursed, and that's why this tragedy occurred there. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I think I know. I'm not laughing at the tragedy. I think right. I I'm very excited. Others say because of these actions, a curse was laid upon the land and still remains to this day. I don't know about that, but like we've talked about in the past, the heaviness of dark acts remains long after the event. And what we do know is some strange happenings continue to occur year after year in the southeastern part of Massachusetts, <laughs> specifically in between three towns or points, point one, Abington, point two, Rehoboth, did I say that right? And, <laughs> and point three, Freetown. And Dana, my dear Massachusetts living sister, when, you connect, when you connect these points what shape will it make? It's a triangle. Yes. <laughs> it's, today... the, it's the Bridgewater Triangle. 
That's correct. Today I'll be sharing (laughs) stories that take place in what has been coined the Bridgewater Triangle, an area known for its many paranormal encounters. It makes me think of the movie Shrek when Lord Farquaad or whatever his name is banishes like all of the fairy tale creatures into the swamp with Shrek. You're right. You know, at first you gave me pause when you said it reminds you of Shrek because I was like, this place gives me nightmares. (laughs) And when you described it, I was like, well, yeah, it's like all the cryptids and like scary things of nightmares in a triangular swamp. Yeah. That's basically what the area is. It's a triangle with a giant swamp in the middle filled with mysterious creatures, UFOs, orbs, mythical sized birds and snakes. I mean, so many stories come out of this area. And because of that, I will not be able to tell you all of them. So today I'm going to share a few short stories of one creature in particular that seems to inhabit that area. And then in the future, in a future episode, we'll delve deeper into other creatures that dwell in that area as well. I'm so excited. So let us begin. In the Bridgewater Triangle area, there's a vast swamp called Hockamock Swamp, eerily meaning place where spirits dwell. This swamp is humongo, stretching approximately 16,950 acres and maybe home to the elusive Bigfoot. First up, we have Carlson Wood. In 1970, he grew up near the Hockamock Swamp. And one very cold day, he and a group of friends headed deep into the expansive icy swampland when one of the boys began to scream. The boy said there was a large, hairy man. The other children took notice of the hairy creature as well. With no intention of investigating further, the children turned foot and ran out of their screaming. The following Monday, when they saw each other again, they all confirmed what they had seen. A large, hairy, human-like creature. The next sighting is from a man named Joseph DeAndrade. He spotted a similar creature in the winter of 1978. Joseph had heard stories from a local Native American man. What am I trying to say here? I don't even know. I don't know. Somebody, (laughs) this Native American man told him stories of a Bigfoot living in the area near two ponds called Claybank 1 and 2. He decided to go with... Very beautifully named. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. No creativity whatsoever. They're just like, eh, Claybank 1. 1, Claybank 2. Perfect. He decided to go with a friend and explore one of the ponds. Joseph was hoping to find some sort of proof, like, say, a footprint. So they set out to the area to search for any clues. Joseph would get a glimpse much bigger than a footprint when he turned to look across the pond and spotted a large, hairy creature on the other side of the bank. He didn't see its face, but he was able to see the rest of its upright body and immediately asked Wayne to turn and look. It was too late for Wayne, though. In a moment, the creature was gone. This sighting sparked a great curiosity in Joseph, and he started a group called the Bridgewater Triangle Expedition Team. They'd go out in search of the creature he'd caught a glimpse of many moons ago. Unfortunately, though, his expedition would prove to be futile, and the group disbanded. He never did find the creature again. The next sighting is very short, but it's from a man named John Baker. And in the Boston Herald, John relayed his short story. He spoke of something large following him while fur trapping in the swamp. He decided to go down the creek in his boat whatever it was, continued to follow him. No. He said the smell made him sure that whatever it was, was not human at all. It smelled similar to a skunk mixed with dirt. Now, the stories from those three men are indeed odd, but the next sighting I have is more than odd. It's scary. 
1990, William Russo would work from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. each day. And once off his shift, he'd head home to his puppy dog, Samantha. A 90-pound Rottweiler Shepherd mix. I have a soft spot for Rottweilers because I had a big Rottie named Bear Bear. Well, same as Bear, but I called him Bear Bear. He was the biggest baby to ever walk the earth. He was such a cuddly, sweet boy. But I digress. Back oh. to William and Samantha. Little Just, thing. huh? I said, oh, when you said puppy, I was like, oh, little. And he said 90 pounds. said, little big Sam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back to William and Samantha. Just like every other night, he'd get off of his late shift. Their routine would be the exact same. He'd get home, take Samantha out for her evening walk, then go back home. They'd stroll along the sidewalk that headed towards the center of town. But this night, he decided to switch it up a little. Behind his house were large electrical lines or tension wires. And they were about 50, they were about 50 feet, like, you know, going out yeah. lengthwise. And around these lines were a multitude of huge pine trees. And this pop, this spot was popular um, among the kids as like a shortcut to get wherever they were going. So William and Samantha decided to take that route. And they'd been walking for about half a mile when he reached a road with a bright streetlight. Samantha then begins shaking and pulling at the leash. William notices the fear in Samantha's demeanor, but doesn't know why she's so scared. (laughs) Then he hears what he calls wailing and a voice saying, E Wan Chu, E Wan Chu, care, care, E Wan Chu. And then he sees where the voice is coming from. Someone, or rather something, walks into view just under the streetlight. Standing upright at approximately three to four feet tall, wearing no clothes, completely covered in hair, and a protruding stomach. He He could tell the creature was older in age, and he knew it was trying to communicate something to him. It would repeat the same phrase over and over. E Wan Chu, E Wan Chu, care, care, E Wan Chu. It began motioning for William to come closer. No. Insisting, but not demand not in a demanding way, but he had no desire to get any closer and was just as frightened as poor Sammy. So they turned around and quickly went back home. This was the first and last time he ever saw it. He didn't share this story until 20 years after it happened. And William thinks it was trying to speak English and was possibly saying, we want you here, here. We Um, want you. No. (laughs) Yeah. Now, what I find strange about these stories, every single one of these people claim to have seen this creature only one time yeah like none of them ever caught a glimpse of them this creature again and i'm just very curious as to like why you know like why was it just this one time where do they live where are they hiding and um Many people say, well, why haven't we found, like, any of the remains of these creatures? But I wonder if maybe they bury their, you know, bury them like we do, you know? Yeah, if they're so, if they're so similar to us in, I mean, minus the, we want you, we want you here. Because that one wasn't really Bigfoot-esque, right? It was small, right? It was small, but it was still, like, hairy, and maybe it was, like, a small foot. I don't know. But it, was, it was similar. So, I don't know. I feel like they, they're trying to be, like, sentient or whatever, so maybe, you know. Maybe and I just wonder, like, why it was calling him. Like, what did they want from him? Like, why 
do they want him? Do they want to show him something? Like, what? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I like, what, why am I? Why do you need me? Do you want me? Do you want, you know, it's like. Yeah. I wish he would have went. I wish he would have went, didn't get hurt, and, like, discovered a new species. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad he decided to be smart and not go. I wouldn't have gone. I would not have gone. If I'm on a walk and my dog starts acting strangely, first, I'd be like, okay, it's okay, buddy. But also, I try to assess the situation to see why he's acting strange. Because, like we said before, animals know things. I'm not here. (laughs) I'm not here for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, if I saw that small foot... (laughs) And it's making like, he wants you, he wants you here, here. Yeah. I think I would just cry. Did I tell you about the other night? Or no. maybe I already <laughs> said this story. It was like, not the other night. It was like a couple of weeks ago. But Ray and I went for a walk late at night. And no, we were walking by, we live near a cemetery. And we were walking by the cemetery. And I never like to walk by the cemetery at night. I love cemeteries. Like we said like a hundred billion times. We love cemeteries. We feel comfortable in them. We grew up by them. It was, yeah. it was play in cemeteries. I learned how to ride my bike in a cemetery. I learned how to drive my car in a cemetery. Right. So yeah. And I love the current cemetery that I live by. But at night, it has those... It has, um, you know, those new street lamps that they use that are. Let me tell you something right now. I've never seen any street lamps like the ones they've seen at your cemetery. So don't even try to say new street lamps because I... that is just specific to your. No, cemetery. no, it's not, Dana. It is. It is a lot of places in Florida. Okay, well, it's that's, the street that's lamp <laughs> for the people that don't know. It's the street lamp that like. It's supposed to be, I'm assuming, LED or something, but it's like a purpley blue, and it it's not as bright as like your average street lamp, so it's a little, a lot spooky, and I am afraid. So, anyways, we're going for a walk to that area, but I don't like to go over there at night. One because of the light, and two because I had a nightmare months ago about a bad angel living living in that area and ever since then I'm like no I'm not going there I'm not going past there at night I just have a bad feeling so um Ray's like do you want to you know go that way and I was like sure so we start walking that way it's dark it's late at night and we are at the edge of the cemetery and we hear something and it sounds like this and it's like really like a a bird no it sounded human (laughs) like a human but i'm not even doing it justice the way it sounded and it was scary we heard it once and then we paused and looked at each other like what and then we heard it again. And then we both said, all right, let's let's go. So we turned around and went right back home because it was a little too scary for both of us. Because it was super late at night. And maybe they were trying to scare us. Or I don't know what was going on. I don't know what it was, if it was an animal or a person or what. And I don't even know why I brought that up. I think because it reminded me of Iwanchu. No, yeah, I don't like it. I guess you're talking about like hearing noises. But at least you see the thing is. You heard that noise and you didn't go investigate. I didn't. No, that, yeah. No way. I am not going to investigate something, especially late at night. Yeah, and you were even with someone. So I feel like a lot of the times we, like, talk a big game. I don't. I talk no big game. But, like, oh, yeah, I totally go investigate. I would be running. This walk's turning to a run. Let's race back home. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, Dana, I heard this story the other day on this other podcast. I just forgot the name of it. But anyways, in the, they were telling a story that somebody had sent in about going into a cemetery with their mother. And it was like a very old cemetery, I think, or it was like a cemetery that was kind of like off the beaten path. 
I don't think it was a very popular cemetery. So they go into this cemetery for what reason? I don't even remember, but they're in this cemetery walking around and the daughter sees a purse on the ground, but it looks like a quality purse, but it's very (laughs) damaged or like very old looking. And so she's like, Oh, that's strange. And I don't remember if she picked it up or what, but then a little ways ahead, they saw what looked like like hair or something or like a wig on the ground <gasps> and clothing also, you know, attached to this thing. And the daughter and the mother were both, they both knew exactly. And they were like, oh my God, call the police now. Cause I knew it was. A yeah. So they immediately called the police and as they're on the phone with the police, what they think is a dead body because of the ratty ass hair gets up, turns around, looks at them and starts coming towards them, like no. mumbling something and reaching out towards them. Megan? Ashley? No. Yes. And they got out of there. They didn't even wait, I don't think, for the police to come. They got out of there because whoever that <laughs> was. Yeah, they and it was saying something. The person was saying something, but like something they couldn't understand. They did get in contact with the police eventually, like after the fact, and spoke with them. Yeah. But the person was gone, so the police never did find who it was and what their what was going on there. But yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> that was terrifying. I don't. I know it's like a side. A side thing. <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, scary. I the living daylights out of me. I'm just sitting here in the complete darkness, just staring into nothing because I know if I thought it was a dead body and they just kind of stood up. I mean, best case scenario, it's someone who maybe was drunk or high or on something like any like under the influence of something and was like trying to like talk to them but it's still scary it's still scary in the cemetery at night you're not expecting anyone i don't know if it was at night i i definitely made it at night that is scary i don't expect anyone to rise from the ground in the cemetery no unless it's a zombie thing and even then no 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 and getting back to the bridgewater triangle i there are so many different kinds of paranormal encounters activity that goes on there and i just wanted to share the bigfoot encounters today which was kind of short but there's so many more and I didn't want to like just jump into something else, you know, Yeah, I don't know, and water it down. So that is it. That's all I have for you today. It was kind of short and sweet, but I am dying to know what you have, Dane. You know, mine is also kind of short and sweet, which works out well because I feel it's like the holidays time. Yeah. I feel like some people just want things to let the time go by, like when they're doing stuff. So yeah. Here, because Megan, I loved, 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 loved your thing. And now I can't believe that I have to wait until like, another time for you to like revisit the Bridgewater Triangle to tell me some more because I've heard some things about ghosts and other apparition type things there. And so I can't wait for you to delve into that. But I know absence makes the heart grow fonder but in this case it'll just cause me to be creeped out and more jumpy but it's okay we got this <laughs> because my, I know my topic of choice you didn't have any help with that because this week my topic chose me when I scared myself <laughs> late one night when I was walking into our apartment and I happened to look over to the where the bathroom is and is the bedroom door was open and it was unlit, but I caught the shadow of a robe in the mirror, and my enti- entire body froze because in that moment, I was transported back to my young, sweet, innocent child self when I was forcibly locked in a darkened bathroom 
chanting in a mirror all <laughs> while the words were my chanting. name is haluka yeah which i don't know what that means i don't know where we came up with haluka from <laughs> I, I can't anything about that but i know for a fact that we were most assuredly inspired by the terrifying myth and urban legend bloody mary herself Ooh. So I'm going to delve into a little bit of Bloody Mary and kind of talk about the history of Bloody Mary, where it came into popularity, and who inspired her. Because like any good urban legend, there is no pinpoint thing. Yeah. It's always, I heard this story of a neighbor town over, something happened, but... Bloody Mary seems to have more historical context because we first noticed at the scene while researching this topic, it was interesting to see the location of many of these things where these stories took place because a lot of the times it's always in the bathroom. But if you think about it, the majority of the homes, regardless of how you have your house decorated or how you have it laid out, you always seem to have a mirror in the bathroom. Think about your house right now. Like, think about my house. I don't have any other mirrors in my house. But I have, I have like, one, like, mirror-esque moon plate thing on the wall. Mm-hmm. But the only mirror I have in my house is in the bathroom. Okay. And some people have, like, standing mirrors or other mirrors in other places, but... Like, for me personally, that's what all I have. And likewise, regardless of where you go, the odds are there'll be a mirror there. And for Bloody Mary and a lot of other mystical things like that, the mirror is used as the conduit. Mm. The act of summoning Mary. So. The art of using a mirror for supernatural and divination reasons is known as catoptromancy, catoptromancy, which has been going on for thousands of years. Now, we're talking like ancient Greeks would use mirrors when they went to the temples to see if, if like, they were feeling ill or not, and they would see how their reflections would look. And it would either spell out death or healthy recovery. So, like, if they saw themselves looking scary, which I'm like, some mornings, <laughs> I feel that when I crawl out of bed before the sun is in the sky, I feel like I could be death herself incarnate. But <laughs> they use that for that p- purpose. Like, the spirits or the gods would tell them through this mirror, yes, you're going to get better, or no, unfortunately, you're not. You're not. You're ugly. You're ugly. You're just ugly. Or maybe the, the, maybe they did get better. They're like, ooh, so maybe I am just a hideous, <laughs> but I'm a living hideous beast. Right. Now, there are countless other cultures and practitioners of divination and spirit works who use mirrors at, or reflective surfaces in general for conduits, portals, for scrying, and for summoning. So I maybe at one point will do a whole thing about mirrors because mirrors are such a crazy subject in supernatural aspects because you hear always hear weird shit attached to them. Like mm-hmm. at, that is the one thing Abby is dead set against me ever getting from like an antique place. Oh, really? He will not let me get an antique mirror. Really? Because mirrors are known to hold things in like supernatural and like spiritistic aspects of it. I want to delve into it so much more in a later episode. But no, like people, there are like even rituals you can do to cleanse the mirror mm-hmm. because there's such things attached to it. Um, so I totally get that because even in the early Edwardian England, which is the 1900s, early 1900s, young women would use mirrors and candlelight and they'd look in the mirrors to see if an apparition would appear. 
And like the ancient Greeks, there was two options for this, both good and bad. Because what they were looking for would be who their future love would be. That's who they wanted to see reflected in the mirror with this candlelight and darkness. So either they would see the man himself that they would marry, or they would see a specter whose mere presence would imply that she would die before she could ever wed. Oh my god, I just wouldn't look. I'd be like, I'm good. Whatever happens, happens. Right. I could be a spinster. I could get married. I don't want to see a demon. Thank you. No. Which that seems to be on par for our main lady, Mary, whose urban legend and adventures rose to popularity in the 1970s here in America. And it's pretty much been the staple of any childhood, like slumber party, sleepover, birthday parties, or if you're us, just a regular dead end Tuesday. Because <laughs> it's it's interesting. I'll get into it later, but some folklorists tie it into an aspect of adolescent girls more so, but I tend to differ on that and I can't wait to hear your topic on that. But I also first want to talk about how the idea of a bloody individual or female coming to get you isn't just Americanized. There's also in Japan an entity named Hanako-san who is like Japan's version of Bloody Mary. She was reportedly a young girl who was killed in the bombing during one of the world wars. Also, I would like to mention now, I'm sorry, I completely forgot. My topic this week deals with a lot of gore and blood and other things like that. So if that's not your cup of tea, totally understand. Happy holidays. See you later. But <laughs> I, I realize I'm going to stories and I'm like, ooh, they're really, um, they get violent. So this girl apparently was killed in a bomb during one of the world wars. And some of the legends say that she was in the third stall of the third floor bathroom. Other ones said she was killed elsewhere or was hiding in the bathrooms. And, you know, she died. But either way, she is, her spirit is in the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And if you are there, if you walk into the third stall of a third floor bathroom or the third stall in general, and you knock on the door three times and one one part even even said it's a very it's it's more it's more probable to happen at night which i'm saying why you would school at nighttime but whatever if you knock three times in the stall and ask if she is there she will say yes i am and she will drag you down to the pits of hell Oh, my God. Which I'm like, some things say she'll appear in the mirror behind you. Some things say she'll appear from the toilet. And like I, out of the toilet? I don't know. But I feel like she drags you down. I'm like, she drags down through the toilet because, I mean, school toilets do seem like they could be their own <laughs> portal to hell. But <laughs> another version that she that's more close to the Bloody Mary aspect is when you say her name, you can shout her name at the window at the, at the mirror at the mirror, and you say like are you there and then she appears mm -hmm. and I'm like I don't want to shout at the mirror and like why not, why not? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like if I'm going to summon anything it's not going to be screaming at them because <laughs> I know me as a human being if someone's going to scream at me I'm not going to react holly jolly <laughs> No. I might cry, but I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> it depends on who's yelling at me and how they're yelling at me. There will be a visceral reaction. Yes. Sad, mad. Who knows? It's mad. And like her Japanese counterpart, there really isn't any specific cases of individuals who are Bloody Mary. There are kind of an amalgamation of many individuals who have been said Yep, she's Bloody Mary. And so, let's go down that list. Because she is a combination of a few historical, real, and downright bloody females. The first is 
Queen Mary Tudor. Oh, yeah. What? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, so she is known as, her moniker is Bloody Mary. She was a daughter of King Henry VIII and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. And when she came of age and became the queen, she decided that England needed to return to the proper and just religion of Catholicism. So she, in a true act of religious love, rounded up all the Protestants and had them, and this is about mm, 280 Protestants over this time, she had them tried and burned alive at the stake. Oh, evil. So, she in turn earned her moniker, Bloody Mary. Yuck. And there are some things that say Anne Boleyn cursed her when she was beheaded, that she'd never have kids. And in fact, she never had kids. She she thought she was pregnant one time. Like, to the point where her stomach, like, swelled with pregnancy. And her boobs got bigger, like. She had all the symptoms of pregnancy, but it was one of, they say, one of the earliest recorded or one of the most severe cases of a false pregnancy, which is, like, when your body... Chemical pregnancy? Or when your body wants to be pregnant so bad, it, like, mimics the whole symptoms of it. Oh, yes. So she was showing all the symptoms of a pregnancy. And so she had all these other things, too, and that how she... I'm sorry. She had that chemical pregnancy, and she also had another one towards the end of her life. She lived only to her 40s. She was young when she died, but people think she died of ovarian or cervical cancer, which could have explained the other things. But she is a murderous person and earned her moniker that way. There's also the other Mary, Mary Queen of Scots, who she was lied to and lured by Queen Elizabeth to come back to England because she was another person who could have been the rightful heir to the throne by her birth order. And Queen Elizabeth was threatened by her and said, don't come here. You'll be fine. And she was in prison for years until they tried her for treason and they beheaded her. And it was such a botched beheading. Oh God. Oh God. So they say that's a reason why. (gasps) Dana, that's so scary. As a kid, this is really weird. But as a kid, when when I would think about death, Uh um, I was not afraid of death, I guess. But I would always think like, oh, my God, how am I going to die? I hope that (laughs) that's terrible. Like, if I die, I hope... Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, say it now. Did you say you hope you, like, you, like, you're quick so your head's gone type thing? Yes. Well, Mary Queen of Scots did not have that. It took apparently four strikes to kill her. What the flippity fudge? Yeah. That is so, horrifying. Horrifying. And... That's awful. I know. So, they think she is one of them as well. Oh, my God. I would be doing the same thing. Megan, none of these people. It doesn't get better at all. Oh, God. We're, keep going. It's going to get worse. This is very – I was like, oh, this is a great scary topic. And I'm like, oh, cool. All these historically wronged or wrongful people. Got it. Great. Love it. So. Oh, my God. Uh, on this list. Don't you love my topic this week? It's scary for another reason. <laughs> Third on this list is Elizabeth Bathroy, who was known as the Hungarian Vampire. Ew, did she like to take... Never mind. You might know it. So she's a Countess of Hungary who, despite lacking the name Mary, could be considered for the namesake or cause of the apparition because, let's just say, she knew a thing or two about blood. Now, she is often cited as being the first female serial killer who supposedly she murdered over 600 girls. Oh, God. A period of two decades. So over 20 600? years. 600? That's a lot. It's a lot of people. I, I hear Abby laughing in the background. How did she get away she... with it? <laughs> because she was a countess. She had the money and the space and the building to do it. How hella crazy and bored you have to be to be like eh get me another because 
not just any girl. Apparently, these were virginal girls, too. Um, because if the rumor mill is to be believed, she would kill them and leave them to take wait. a bath. Yeah, oh, sorry. Ba- <laughs> no, you're fine. Take a bath. You gotta win. You gotta win the trivia to take a bath in their virginal blood because it would keep her forever young. Oh my god, what a sicko. Though, many nowadays believe the accusations were actually rumors and more politically motivated to oust her. Mm. So, but either way, terrible. Yeah. And then yeah. finally, we have our Mary Worths. And yes, there's plural on there because there are two accounts of two different Mary Worths attributed to the legend. <laughs> and I hate pluralizing that TH because I always feel like my list is coming back with a vengeance. Worths. Yeah, that's uh, a hard one. That's a tricky one. So the first uh, is an absolute wretched piece of shit human being. Okay. She's the worst one of all these people. She was, uh, she was a horrible human being who killed those trying to escape on the Underground Railroad. Oh! <gasps> And used them for nefarious dark arts. Oh my god. Was she the one that lived in um, New Orleans? No. That lady's okay. the worst. Yeah, she is the worst. I don't like her at all. I know. I don't want to talk about it. Yep. Okay. So she, this, this Mary, she was killed by the townspeople. And there are two stories about her. She was either hanged or she was burned at the stake for witchcraft and being a horrible human being. Um, either way, she died. She done dead. And then the other one, Mary Worth, was also accused of witchcraft during the Salem witch trials. And then they say she was burned at the stake, but that's not true because no witches were actually burned at the stake during the Salem witch trials. Oh, interesting. How did I not know this? It's a not so fun fact. They died many other ways. Okay, thank you for not telling me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, regardless of who you're trying to summon and for what reason, because honestly... Oh, yeah, give me the tips. Because honestly, I never really thought of it that way as a child being like, oh, I'm trying to summon something. No. House. I never thought of it that way because we were strictly no Ouija boards, none of that stuff. But we're like, you know what we're going to do? Dark bathroom. Use this mirror. Bring a witch back or something like that. Bring a, a vampire person. Because all the time they say when she appears, she's like covered in blood, dripping in blood. Right. She's coming she's coming for you. Now, here's the here's the rules, Megan. Okay. I'm ready. A dark room with a mirror, hence the bathroom. Now, if if there's going to be a light with this summoning. Or chanting. The Wait, start, o- start over. If there's going to be a light. If there's going to be a light of any kind. Because it's supposed to be a dark room. But some some places I've seen, they say you have to do it by candlelight. Okay. In the darkness. So if there's going to be a light, it's going to be candle. Okay. And then you stand from the mirror. And you chant either three or 13 times. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. And some of them say you have to be spinning while you do it. So there's so many. I, when I was researching this, I only thought it was dark room, mirror, three times. Me too. But there's so many different variations of it, which, is close, which goes to show you the, the far-reaching aspects of urban legends and how it almost reminds me of the game Telephone. Yeah, yeah, it How changes it throughout. Thing, it changes. So it feels like it starts with one thing, and as it spreads from person to person, town to town, you know, it changes. And the and the and the origin is: oh, it was a girl two towns over who was in a horrible car crash, and blah blah blah. blah you summon her, and she tries to wreak havoc. You know, mm-hmm. so you say Bloody Mary how many times, and then you look into the mirror. And this is where the lore branches off once again. Either your face is distorted and bloody in the mirror. Like you are almost like possessed by her. 
or you see her standing there behind you or she comes from the mirror herself to either scratch you oh claw out your eyes oh or tries to claw across your belly crawl across your belly claw like oh okay i don't want her crawl i I know know (laughs) crawling across my belly is somehow worse I digress. <laughs> no, please don't crawl over me. Yeah, I was trying to picture that, and I was wondering what would that do to you. She pushes you down, and then she bonily crawls across <laughs> your belly, dragging her bloody, her bloody carcass across you. I might just laugh. I, but then if you maybe if you laugh, then she claws your mouth out, your eyes yeah. out, your eyes, your eyes as well. You don't get to laugh at me. But then there's another version that says, even if you don't see her, or if you see her, but nothing happens to you, that doesn't mean you're safe. That she is simply waiting for the right opportunity to kill you. <gasps> oh, see, that would make me stressed. That would be something like, no, do it now. Scratch me. Claw me. Right. And other people say that you have to flush the toilet to make sure she goes away. I like that. And I say, I'm like... That is the weirdest way to like close out a summoning, but the bloody the bloody Mary legend kind of came back into popularity in the early nineties with the movie Candyman. Oh yeah, you see the idea for its plot as well, where you see the, the the name Candyman five times. I've never seen that movie. Oh really? All I remember, no, Megan. It came out, well first. That movie came out in nineteen ninety two. Mm-hmm. I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I think you saw it. Yeah, not not then, but later with my right. neighbor at her house. Oh, really? I think you saw it at Jessica's house. No, I saw The Exorcist at her house. Oh, another thing that traumatized me that I have never also seen. All I remember from Candyman is the bees. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I remember. Never saw a movie. Never saw. I remember hearing something about bees, and I said, "That's enough for me." Mm-hmm. But then, okay, so we know about Bloody Mary and all that aspect of that. But I was doing some last-minute research for it right before we started, and I was reading something that kind of infuriated me about it, and I just want to run it by you to be <laughs> like, I don't think that's true. A folklorist or a person who's, you know, studying folklore, he said that Bloody Mary was all about how it basically had to do with the fear of menstruation. The fear of menstruation? And how it was a, it's how it was basically a reflection of the anxiety about having your period. Oh my god, that is absolutely ridiculous. And I was like, okay, first for first and foremost, yeah, there is some taboo talk about periods, and that's definitely changed in like the more recent years. And yeah, I was afraid about periods too as a child. Like I remember one time seeing blood in the toilet and thinking, Oh, my mom's gonna die of cancer. Uh, I remember like so I know there are there is fear about like like the prepubescent period aspect, and there is that. I'm not negating that aspect, but I must feel that every little girl at some point or another dabbles in <laughs> occult stuff. Oh my and God, I did you ever? I got to tell you what I used to do. And I feel like every little girl or every little kid at some point, but like if you're going to talk about the pre-pubescent anxiety and how Bloody Mary is a typical girl thing, I'm going to specify for the girl aspect of this here. Dana, did you ever? Never what? Like, dabble in anything when you were a kid? I mean, like, well, even, like, as children, we try to make spells and stuff like that and, like, potions. Yeah, the potions. I remember the potions. Even, like, the basic aspect of that, it's, like, ingrained in a childhood thing. Yeah. I feel it's almost like pushing the boundary of what can we control? Like, what power do we have? Mm -hmm. So I find it's more in that aspect. Right, right. That the, His answer was kind of lame. It's so lame, and it's such a, like a male, like a cis male point of view 
Like, it's like, oh, you know what Bloody Mary's about? It's afraid you're getting your period. It's the control of the blood. It's like, no, I think it's seeing, one, if we have powers, and also if there are terrifying things that we can summon. Right. And I think, I will say, a lot of it doesn't have, and I, I do agree on with one point I saw, which was talking about how a lot of times people who do it don't do it because they're actually trying to summon something or they believe in that aspect, which I feel kind of goes back to us and not really trying to summon something. Right. But it was more of the peer pressure, like, okay, the, that mentality of, oh, we're all doing this. Okay, I guess we're all doing yeah. it. When you're with when you're with a bunch of other people, I don't know if you're the same way, if other people are the same way, but, like, my brain doesn't fully process things. Like, my brain is, like, on another level, but it, it doesn't take everything in deeply. I think that's point fast. It's like fast forwarding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, you can't think about it too much because everyone's moving on with other things. So you kind of have to jump off that point with yeah. it. Yeah. And obviously take it take it with a grain of salt the Bloody Mary aspect because anything I try to look up, like here are some things that I found about people who said about Bloody Mary. So it says, <laughs> so here's one I saw. It says, me and my friend did Bloody Mary a while ago. We flushed the toilet. So here's the toilet thing. And said Bloody Mary three times. All of a sudden, a face popped up in the mirror. My friend was so scared she couldn't breathe. I slapped her in the face. <laughs> and she ran out. I was there alone. And I was scared of what was going to happen next. I tried to run out, but the door wouldn't open, even though it was unlocked. So, she was back into the mirror. I saw her with a baby. She threw it at me, and I didn't catch it. It disappeared. I turned on the light, and there was blood in the mirror. I had a red mark on my face, and so did my friend, even though she wasn't there. Well, because you slapped her. Right! (laughs) It was so creepy. I still remember the red mark, and so does she. Um. So, yeah. No. Isn't that... I was like... like well, you slapped her. Maybe she slapped you back. Because <laughs> um, like, I'd slap you back automatically. Oh, for sure. Like, like, why are you slapping me? Oh, yeah. Now, I think... Well, here's one. I'm sorry. I forgot I had another one more. I'm sorry. Tell me. We chanted Bloody Mary three times and nothing happened. So we just laughed it off and turned the lights on. When we were lying on the floor getting ready to go to bed, we heard someone walking up and down the hallway. And we knew we were the only ones home. Then I saw the hall light come on and my bathroom door flew open. And the tap started running full force and the shower came on. My friend, Macy, went and turned everything off. Macy is a braver friend than I am. And suddenly everything was calm. Then we heard someone drumming their fingers on my door outside in the hall. Ooh. We held hands up to show we weren't doing it, and it kept going. I jumped up and flung my door open, and it stopped. Then my closet door burst open. We started praying it would all stop, and suddenly it did. Nothing has happened since, and I am so glad. Now, one of the things about Bloody Mary that I always tend to, for some reason, Bloody Mary and the Phantom Hitchhiker, the, the white dress, are always very similar to me. And that, once again, how she's always missing her. Do you know that urban legend, Megan? She can't find her baby? No, it's not that one. It's the one where she's in the white dress and she's hitchhiking. She's really pretty. Yeah, like, the one on Unsolved Mysteries. She's going. No, she said she has to go to a dance, or she was coming home from oh, a dance. Oh yes, and, and then the kid goes the to the house. Goes the to the house like, the next day. Abandoned. Sorry, or, we're talking over each other. It's okay. So she's coming home from a dance. She's hitchhiking home, and they pick her up. It's like, oh, I'm coming home from the dance. Can you take me home? Mm-hmm. And the guy pulls up to the house, and either the house is abandoned, or they're like, "No, our daughter, we don't. Our daughter died years ago." Right there, for some reason, that always is the same vein of Bloody Mary to me. Like, 
how a legend and lore is about a girl and she appears or disappears, you know, just is there. But I feel like I like the, the hitchhiker, you choose to let Bloody Mary in. I mean, with, I guess with the hitchhiker, you do choose to let her in too. But Bloody Mary, you go with the choice to let her in. Well, Bloody Mary, that's it. That's it. The, with Bloody Mary, you you make the decision to start it. The, at least with the hitchhiker, it's like you see the hitchhiker. The hitchhiker's already there. Yeah. So I think Bloody Mary, it's all about your intentions. Yes. And I think that's the scariest part for me is that aspect. Because I feel, I feel Bloody Mary is definitely an urban legend. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's a rite of passage for girls growing up. But I feel that sometimes if you do something a certain way, I don't know if it's like one of those things that if everything's aligned a certain way, that you might actually bring something back or bring something through because mirrors are not to be messed with. Mm. What do you think, Megan? I agree with you. Definitely. I definitely think that our intentions do have power. And and the thing is, I was reading other things about this while researching. And there's so many different explanations. Like how if you look at something for so long, you know, you can. um, How the optical illusions of it how your mind plays tricks on you. And if you look at something in the dark, your mind can make anything in the shadows. Like I saw the robe and I said, there's a person there. Right. Or that one time when I saw House of Wax and I saw this jacket hanging from the back of the door, I was like, that's a person. Because my fear made my mind create an illusion. So I feel with that, like, mob, men- not, like, not mob mentality, but, like, the group mentality and peer pressure, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people see things that their mind is scaring them to believe they're seeing. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I have to agree with you. But on that note, would you do Bloody Mary today? I, I would. I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of... <gasps> Of Bloody Mary coming to get me and crawling across my stomach. Crawling across your belly. Um, <laughs> I would have to say I would not do it. Like I'm, I dare you to go do it now. No. When I said it three times, I was like, I'm in my room in the dark. That's enough. Just do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay, fine. No, no, no. I almost was brave. I almost took the computer into the bathroom <laughs> and I did it, but I'm not going to. I'll do it with you. No, Megan. Okay, fine. <laughs> now let's do it. Let's all right, do it. all right. Uh, hold on, everyone. This is the stupidest thing we've ever done in our entire life. <laughs> I'm looking in the mirror. I guess, Mike, I'm not there yet. I'm carrying my laptop over. Hold on. I guess the light will not be a candlelight, but it will be a computer light. So that will have to do. Hold on. This is the stupidest thing ever done. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, we're doing this at late at night. Ugh. So it is dark. Dark everywhere. Okay. Ready? On the count of three. <gasps> One, two, three. Bloody, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Did Effie get you? She ran to the door to knock on it. <laughs> Good for uh, Abby. Good for Abby. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, no such luck. I see no one. Me either. So, on that note... <laughs> Don't try that at home. Or do, and tell us what happens. Well, what if something happens? You can't blame us. That Them's the rules right now. Uh, <laughs> regardless. Thank no, you don't, for- don't do anything you don't want to do. Yeah, don't, don't listen to Megan. Don't get bullied by your older sister. in <laughs> your own home. Sorry, I, I, Megan, my computer just dimmed. 
on its own and I got so no. <laughs> so no, and then the screen went black. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, on that note, thank you all for listening to another unhinged episode of Scary Stories to Tell Your Sisters. Once again, I'm Dana. And I'm Megan. I want to thank you for listening. And you can find us at Scary Sisters Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at scarysisterspod at gmail.com. Feel free to message us any ideas for stories or share your personal scary stories for a chance to have them featured on a listener story coming up in the new year. Until then, stay safe and stay spooky. Love you. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Dana here coming at you post-recording to let you know that Megan and I will not be seeing you next week. We'll be taking the time off to celebrate the holidays and New Year's with our family. So there will be no new scary stories to tell your sister until 2023. That's right. We will see you all again on Sunday, January 8th, 2023. Until then, stay safe and stay spooky. And thank you for letting us end this year on the best note possible. We appreciate you and we hope you have a great new year. See you then.